And so the power of God's Word. How many know that God's Word's powerful? Very, very powerful. So powerful that it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that Satan hides the Word from those that do not believe, lest the light of the Gospel should enter into them. Amen? The, the Gospel is a light that enters into a darkened heart or a darkened soul, and it gives them the, the wisdom and the understanding and the ability to... To choose life. Amen? If, if we don't get that word in people, they're going to be lost in darkness. How deceived is the world right now? I mean, they are deceived now probably more than we've ever seen in our lifetime, especially in this country. The whole world is. But the, the sad thing about it is, is our country is leading the way. Amen? And this country was established by God for, for the gospel to go out throughout the world. But literally what they're doing is these corrupt politicians, they're stealing our wealth. They're stealing the wealth of this nation to promote perversion and, and things like that. So, um, But you know what? I believe that God will have the last word, right? Because we'll keep praying and, and, and establishing that. And so if you want to follow along, you can go to Mark 16, and we'll look at verse 19. And while you're going there, uh, James chapter 3, James says that the tongue... Is like a tiny rudder that can steer a large ship. That's how powerful the tongue is, or the words that you speak. It's like it's, it's like a little tiny rudder on a large ship. What does that rudder do? It can turn a ship, can it? And so what James is saying in James chapter 3, our tongue, our words have the ability to shape our life. It has a we have the ability to to either enhance our life or to severely hamper our life by the words that we say. And then James also talks about the tongue. He said it could be like a tiny spark that sets a forest on fire. Everybody has a tongue. Everybody that can speak can, can um, either speak death, death or life, the Bible says. And, you know, you could be, you know, someone, someone that doesn't have a lot of strength or whatever, but they, got, they could have a powerful tongue. And they could hurt people and... and and cut them to the core with the words that they say. You know that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? I don't know who made that up, but that's not true. Right? <laughs> you know, the, the breaks from the sticks and stones you can heal from, but sometimes words take a long time. And so look at uh, Mark 16, verse 19. It says, so then the Lord, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. And so this is after Jesus was rose from the dead. He, he was seen for 40 days. He walked with the disciples, and then he went to the right hand of the Father. He's still there, by the way. That's the position of authority. He's your high priest, if you are a believer, your eternal high priest. But after he went and took this position as a high priest, in verse 20 it says, And they, the disciples went out and preached everywhere. Did it say somewhere? Everywhere. And the Lord, working with them, here's the part I want you to see, and he was confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So he confirmed the word with signs following. So they were going out everywhere, speaking the word, speaking, speaking the name of Jesus, speaking the, the covenant of God, and God confirmed the word. It's the same today. If you step out in faith and you speak the word, speak the truth in love, God will confirm the word that you're saying. You can go out today or tomorrow and you can say, God, lay some soul upon my heart. Let me help somebody that might need prayer. And God will send that person across your path. And you can pray the word over them. You can pray the name above all names. You can pray healing in the name of Jesus. Don't worry about you healing anybody. God confirms the word. Amen. You just have love in your heart and compassion for some poor soul that's sick, and you just lay hands on them. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. They don't have to get slain in the spirit in the middle of Walmart. None of that. You just lay hands on them, and you say, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing God for your healing. They'll be healed. Amen? The healing has always been God's calling card to a lost and dying world. And so, but it says the Lord was working with them. And confirming the word through signs following. Now look at Isaiah 10. We'll go over to the Old Testament. Isaiah 10. And um, one, one thing about the Bible, 
is that you'll see that the Old Testament and the New Testament weave in and out. In many cases, the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament, but it's one cohesive book. Even though it was written over 1,500 years with 40 different authors, three different languages, three different continents, it's one cohesive Bible. How could it be so? Well, it's really got one author, one spiritual author, the Holy Spirit, right? You have 40 people that the Holy Spirit inspired and gave them the words to write, but it's one legitimate author, that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes the Bible so, so wonderful. There's no other book like that. There's no other book. You know, one, about one-third of the Bible is, is, is prophecy. And they've all been fulfilled. And so that's just God saying, look, I'm going to show you that I am truly God because I'm going to give you a book that no one else can explain. No one else can be like it. No wonder the devil, the devil hides that word. You know, you think if we're on God's side and we're doing God's work and we know what the devil's doing, he's hiding the word, what, what should we do? We should speak the word. You say, well, what if they get mad at me for speaking the word? Well, they might. But at least you spoke it in love, right? Remember, you're not called to go out there and to win arguments with anybody. You're not called to get in arguments. You're not called to win arguments. You're called to speak the truth in love. And however they receive it, it's between them and the Holy Spirit. There will be some that will receive it. Maybe there will be some that, that don't like it so much. But you know what? At least you put the word in them. And that word is a seed. And it will grow, right? The Bible says one man will plant, another man will water, and then someone will get the increase. You don't know where you're at on that, on that line of, of, uh, of, of planting and, and sowing and planting and watering and reaping. Just know that you're doing your part. But look at Isaiah 10, 27. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder. Verse 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. What destroys the yoke? The bondage of Satan. It would be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on the word of God. You speak that word, that's the confirmation. That's the anointing. Now these, the yoke of the devil means to be... He... he, he, uh, he uh, puts people in bondage. They are yoked to him in some sort of way. Don't, you don't, you want to break that yoke, right? Now that could be a yoke or a burden of sickness, disease, fear, depression, addictions, lack of knowledge, confusion. All these things are, are, are bondages of the devil. Now I find it strange. It's just like Jesus said in the last days would be great deception. Men will call evil good and good evil. The world now, and they're, so, they're in such a sad state that they literally feel that they're free. They're not free. They're in the bondage of darkness. They're in the bondage of Satan. But then they look at the church and, and look at people like us and say, we're in bondage and we're, we're in that old tired out religion. No, we're free. We're free to serve a living God. Amen. We serve a living God out of our own free will. We're free from sin. Amen. We're free to serve God. We're children of God. There is nobody more freer than you. You just got to know it and you got to walk in it or else the devil will trap you. Even though you're a born again believer, if you don't get your mind right and get that word in you, the devil will, he'll, he'll get you speaking the wrong things. And you'll walk in the bondage of your own words. And so look at John chapter 8, back and forth, new, old, now new. So we don't want to be yoked up with the devil, do we? Talking about the power of God's word. Those are they, they were really great songs that Sister Sedona was singing. And, and I pray, honestly, that when we sing these songs, that, that you just, when you sing them, you just concentrate on the words. Amen. Just concentrate on those words because you are speaking the word of God and you're speaking the promises of God in the majority of her songs. And I'm thankful for her because she had to work tonight and she just came to sing and then she had to go back to work. But she wanted to be here for us. So 
We'll give her a big thanks for that. And so look at John 8, 31. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now the word abide means this, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them. That's what it means to abide. Continually obey the teachings of the word of God and live by them. Let the word, let your faith be your leader. If God says stay out of it, stay out of it. Amen. If God says walk this way, walk that way. So you've got two wonderful resources. You've got the word of God and you've got the Holy Spirit deep within your spirit. Amen. If you learn to reverence the word and learn to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit, You'll never walk the wrong way ever again in your life. And you'll always go towards the Father, never from Him. But look at verse 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Or you shall know the Word, and the Word shall make you free. See, we're free. Amen? We, look at, we, should, we should look at the world different than what the world does. Does the Bible say we're to be a peculiar people? Does it mean that we, at lunchtime we stand on our head and eat our lunch and be peculiar that way? No, it means we don't do what the world does. We don't think like the world. We don't act like the world. We don't respond like the world does. We honor God. And this is what, you know, the, our, our government and the world seems to be wanting to push Christianity out. Have you noticed that? But I got news for them. We're not going anywhere until we hear that call come up hither. We're occupying until he comes. And so we're not going to be pushed out. But they have to understand that, that when they want us to change our speech, speech and, and, and go on these perverted ways and try to make these things laws, we can't dishonor our God. We can't dishonor the truth that's hidden in our heart. Amen. We'll be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if we have to. We'll be the Daniel in the lion's den if we have to. But we're going to stay loyal to our Heavenly Father. We, 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 can't, we can't break the love and the Word of God in us. Amen? And so we're just making a stand. We're not trying to start fights, and we're not trying to tell other people how they live. We're just saying, let us live for our God. Amen? And let us have the ability, to whoever comes in here, let us tell them the truth from the Word of God, and then let them make up their minds. Because when they come in, they'll see the anointing, and they'll feel the love of God, and many of them will come into the kingdom of God by coming in here. So look at Ephesians chapter 6. Over to the right a little bit in the epistles. Ephesians chapter 6. As we go on and on, towards, as we're heading towards this, this uh, the coming of the Lord... I believe that the church of God has always been important in places like this, but I believe it's even going to become even more and more recognizable and even more people are going to see this house is holy. This, house is, this, this church is a lighthouse for the kingdom of God. And so we are a refuge. Where are those people going to go in the world? Where are they going to go? They're going to go into a college and talk to a professor? They're going to end up coming out thinking that they came from a monkey. You know where are they are going to go? I'll tell you where they're going to go. They're going to go to the house of the Lord, where the anointing reigns. And the word of God gets through that darkness in their hearts, and they, and they say, I see it. And they realize that they have a God who loves them unconditionally. They realize that Jesus died for their sins and paid the right for them to be called children of God. They're going to realize that. Amen? Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. He says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you see that? you got to stand against the wiles of the devil or the trickery of the devil or the deceit of the devil. Or the lies of the devil. He didn't say to stand against the devil's almighty power. He has no power but deception. That's his only power. Why? Jesus defeated him. Won, 
he, he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave when he, when he died on that cross, and he made a show of him openly. The first things he said when he rose from the dead, one of the first things he said, all authority. Did he not say that? And heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go you therefore in my name. That's why the devil has to trick you. He has to use your own words against you. If God's word says you're healed and, and your covenant says you're healed and, and, and you read that you're healed, it don't matter unless you say you're healed. Even when you don't feel healed, what feelings have to do with it when you believe what the word says? Amen? Abraham believed in a God that calls things that are not as though they were. He speaks the promise into the negativity. That's what we do. Amen? It's not so much that you even deny if something's attacking your body. You just deny it's right to be there. Amen? And if you're struggling with something, it doesn't mean that you're not the healed, because you are the healed in Christ Jesus. You are that. And so you get that in your mind and, and, and renew your mind to it, get it in your heart, and you keep speaking those words of life, it'll manifest in you. Amen? But the devil is the enemy, right? If you have anybody coming against you, anybody giving you a hard time, they're just being people take they're people being captivated by the devil. Amen. Hurting people hurt others. The ultimate enemy is Satan. He's the one that harms people and hurts people. And, and so what's what's Jesus say to do about people that um that hurt you and persecute you? What did Jesus say to do to them? Pray for them, love them. Amen. Try to do good for them. Why? Because they're not your enemy. They're victims. And plus, when you do that, it'll keep that, that poison that's in them out of you. Right? That's what it means to forgive. Forgive means to release. You're not releasing them. You're releasing that stuff out of you. Right? You just put them in the hands of the Lord. Look at verse uh, 12. Here's the enemy. <clears throat> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means human beings but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's Satan's demonic army. That's the spiritual um, strongholds of the devil, right? None of that, what I just read there, is, is, is human, human people. These are demonic spirits on all different levels, right? All different atmospheres out there. And that's who the enemy is. And so how do you fight them? He's going to tell you. Look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked ones. He's throwing darts. He's just throwing darts. What kind of darts? Mind darts. Amen? Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Trying to get you to take his thought. Remember what he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden? What did he say? Did God really say... God knows if you eat that, you'll be just like him. He's a manipulator. He's a twister of the word. And he throws these darts. you got to have the shield of faith, right? Look at verse 17. And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Uh-oh, you got a sword. Sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. Is that Bible you have in your lap? Is that, is that the sword of the Spirit? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God coming out of your mouth. Right? You take in your authority and you command in Satan to cease and desist against you. You take the sword of the Holy Spirit. When it says the sword of the Spirit, it should be a capital S in your Bible. That's the sword of the Holy Spirit. That's what he hooks up with. Your words are so powerful. You know, we all can get in situations sometimes where we'll get uh, a sudden news. 
that's not so good. And what does sudden news produce? Sometimes. Sudden fear. Your first words, when sudden fear comes, or any kind of fear, is so important. It's so important. Your first words must be the sword of the Spirit speaking the Word of God. Amen? Set, set the standard right there. And we just read it in the Scripture. You've got a sword. It's the Word of God. In verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so do you see how up above there, it says that in verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that's listed in your, your um, armor. Amen? Having your feet shed with the, with the gospel of peace. We are to be out there spreading the word. We, we were driving through town the other day, and there was a guy out there in a megaphone. Uh, and I don't know, um, the, the uh, west side of town there. And uh, couldn't hardly hear him because of all the traffic, but he, he, was, he was giving it. Well, he was, he was rah, rah, I couldn't hear what he was saying. But I don't, you don't even have to do that. Your, your life is a testimony. Your conduct is a testimony. But you never, ever should be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And this world has gotten so twisted, they'll try to shame a Christian out of believing what God says. They'll try to shame you. If you believe <clears throat> that marriage is between a man and a woman, and it is holy between a man and a woman, it belongs to God, they will shame, try to shame you off of that. Don't let them. God, you're honoring your God. Amen? God is the absolute truth. Anything outside of God is a lie. Amen? Now do you go tell people how, how they should live and, and boss people around? No. But you are obligated to have your feet shod with the gospel of peace. You know what that peace is? There's peace between God and man. God made peace with you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Come as you are. That's a good, that's a good peace, isn't it? And now, so we know we have this spiritual warfare going on out there. And um, so we have to remember that when we pray and we speak the word and we have the Holy Spirit, like this prayer that we just prayed tonight, that's just not a ritual that we do. And I know you're with me. I believe, even though I, I was saying the prayer, but we we're all in agreement, that prayer went out of these walls. I believe it went right up there into all that stuff. And I believe it's where the angels will, 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 are, will take a lot of the, the battle for us. And I'm going to show you that where we have, a, we have an army of angels waiting for us, waiting to help us. Look at Psalms 103.20. <clears throat> the devil took a third of the angels. There's two-thirds left. But you know what? Honestly, I'm glad we got two-thirds angels left, but God wouldn't even need them. He'd do it all himself <laughs> because he's just that big. I mean, we should, no wonder Elijah on the top of Mount Carmel laughed at the prophets of Baal and Asher. He laughed at them when they were trying to call fire down out of heaven and they were cutting themselves and doing all this crazy stuff. He's like, maybe your God fell asleep. Maybe your God had to go to the bathroom. Remember that? And so they couldn't do it. And then he says, well, put some water on this, this altar and watch my God. And the fire came down. Any Christian that really puts your heart and soul into knowing your God, you'll laugh. The Bible says that a righteous person laughs at adversity. Ha, ha, ha. $33,000 before we even start putting a nail in? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Right? Because our God owns all the gold and silver. Amen. Who he calls, he equips. Who, if, 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 he, if he called us to do it, he's got a building to build. Amen. So we serve a wonderful God. But look at Psalms 103.20. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, <clears throat> that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening, Unto the voice of his word. What do the angels do? They hearken unto the word of God. 
they're up there waiting or here with us, waiting to hearken to the word. Amen? And when we speak that word in faith, they move. And they win the victory in that spiritual realm that would try to hold it up. That would try to um, bring harm or, or lack or something into our lives. We speak the word, the angels push them back. Do you believe that? Do you believe that angels are real? One day I was preaching here, this was some years ago, and uh, there was a, a young boy here in the church maybe a Sunday morning about maybe 12 years of age, and he was just looking up on the stage like this, and his parents said, what, what are you doing? And he said, don't you see that? He says, I see angels walking back and forth on top of the on the platform behind Pastor John. I see him just going back and forth. He had a little boy saw those angels. The angels are around, all around us. They're in the spiritual world, and you need a discerning of spirits to see them. But we don't have to see them to know that they're there. Some people do see them. Some people have seen them. But we're not chasing angels or worshiping angels. We just say, hey, they're ministering spirits, right? They're, they're here to, to hearken unto the word of God. That's why we have to speak the word, right? That's why when we get hit these big taxes, we don't say we're doomed. What are they going to do with that? <laughs> right? We're going to say our God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We, we call in the funds right now in Jesus' name. They're moving. We gave them something to do. And you know what? They're not confused. They know exactly what to do. They just need to hear the word to set them loose. I remember one time Craig Daywell preached a message and he said, I don't want my angel sitting on the couch eating Fritos with nothing to do. <laughs> I don't think they would do that, but, but give your angel something to do. Look at um, Hebrews 1, 14. So the angels are waiting and watching over God's word to accomplish it. Hebrews 1, 14. This is just a, we read an Old Testament scripture about the angels. Now this is a New Testament scripture, because remember what I said, the old and the new, they agree. They're in harmony. And so Hebrews 1, 14 Talking about the angels here. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, the believers, who shall, who shall be the heirs of salvation? So look at, look at it again. Are they not all? Every single angel, Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all? Does it say some? Every single angels or ministering spirits, or they're sent by God to serve, accompany us, accompany us, and protect us, is the Amplified Bible. Sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. We're not the underdogs here. <laughs> We're not the underdogs. And you look at the world and what's going on in the world, the United States, and all this fear going out there. I got news for you. We are not the underdog. We are the victors. We are the children of God. We've been given a mandate by Jesus himself to say, occupy until he comes. And that's what we're going to do. And anything the world's trying to do, God can stop it in, in, in a millisecond. But that's why we as the church ought not get caught up in the negativity, in the gloom, and the despair. You know, you, we can if we watch too much news. They, they, they've let so many um, illegal immigrants across, they don't even know who they are or what they're doing. Okay, yeah, they did. But what am I going to say about it? God's going to protect us. Amen? God's going to keep us safe. What else is there to say? That's what we're going to believe, right? You can't speak the doubt and unbelief. Because when you do, you give the devil authority. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? So we say what God says. 
So the angels are waiting and watching over God's word to accomplish it. So when you speak what he says and agree with the word, they are dispatched to carry it, it out. That's what the word says. I want to show you um, an Old Testament example of that. Look at Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to test your Bible book knowledge this evening. Go back and forth. Now, in Daniel 10, Daniel's praying about the uh, future of his, his country, Israel. He was a good man. He just, he just was concerned and he's praying about things. That's where you get Daniel's 70th week comes out of that. God gave him the whole spiel, the whole way through. He, he gave it to him in, 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 in this uh, interpretation here. But you'll see that when Daniel was praying, things were held up for a little bit. And we'll just give you a little glimpse in, the, in these principalities and these spiritual forces of darkness that's out there. You know, these angels, these demonic angels are, are assigned by regions. We, there's regions over, over uh, Chambersburg, PA. There's, there's, there's sections of devils that this, this is their area. This is their regional district. We, we, we bind them, right? They don't rule this area. We do. They're all over the place. And then they go up with different levels of different classes of demonic spirits. And uh, ain't none of them stronger than our God. They're all losers. They've all lost. They're just trying to wreak havoc and trying to keep you ignorant to what the Word says. We ain't going to have that. Look at Daniel 10, verse 10. Suddenly, a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on and, and on and on the palms of my hands. In verse 11, And he said to me, O Daniel, a man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So, so Daniel gets visited by an angel. In verse 12, Then he said to me, do not fear Daniel, for from the first day, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. As soon as he prayed, his words were heard. As soon as you pray, your words are heard. And the angels move according to your word, but their spiritual battles to be won. That's why you don't let up on your confessions. You don't, you're not moved by what, what it looks like or what it seems like or what it feels like. You know your words were heard. You know you're standing on the promises of God. You keep speaking life. Because I believe if you jump off of your confession and speak doubt and unbelief, I believe in the, in the heavenly realms, in this battle realms, you, everything stops. Because the angels are working off of the word of God coming out of your mouth. Right? Let's look at verse 12 again. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. I don't like it so much when people say, well, God's delaying or God's just waiting. No, God hears you as soon as you pray. He sends the answer immediately. But we're dealing with the spiritual warfare here. You are appropriating these spiritual blessings and spiritual provisions into your natural world. You've got to believe them in. Amen? Faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. It's not God waiting till you ask him 10,000 times. It's not God waiting until you do something that makes him feel sorry for you. He felt sorry for you when he sent Jesus. Right? He's waiting for you to keep believing and keep speaking the word and don't be moved by anything. Meditate on the scriptures. Grow stronger in faith just like Abraham did, who considered God faithful, the one who promised his son. Amen? So, don't, so get off. If, if you've ever been on there hearing about get off of that notion. People always want to put it over on God. Well, God must be lacking or God must... No, God's already given to you everything pertaining to the life of God and this is already yours. 
You don't have a right to hold anything that Jesus won for you from you. It's already yours. Do you believe that? You have a covenant with him. Amen? So go ahead and keep speaking that word and keep believing it and keep praising and keep worshiping your God and keep thanking him and keep making declarations. And those things will manifest into your life. It's not a magic formula. You know, the world, I said this before, the world, they've, they've caught on somehow to, I've heard, I heard this newscaster, newscaster one time, I don't know if they're a Christian or not, but they said, well, they were, they were talking, they were like, manifest it, just speak it into being. Now, their words won't speak anything good into being. God's word, by faith, will bring things that are not as though they were. Amen? Not their words. Their words will only cause destruction if they say the wrong words. We're talking about a supernatural power of faith being released out of you. What did Paul say? I believe and therefore I have spoken. What does the rhema word mean? The spoken word. The logos is the written word. The rhema is the spoken word. Come on now. What's the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. We're going to keep going over this and over this so we get it locked down in our minds. You have a part to play in this. Right? God is limited to doing anything on this earth. He's limited by our faith. We have to believe Him for it. Now the timelines of when Jesus is coming back, that's in God's hands. Right? When Jesus was coming to the earth, He didn't do that without prophesying at first, did He? He spoke it into being first, but, but for, we're, we're accountable for our own salvation. You've got to build your own house. If you're believing God for something and, and you, you stop confessing the word and you speak to doubt and unbelief, don't blame God. Amen? You say, well, it's hard to do that. Yeah, it's hard on the flesh. It's hard on the mind. But your spirit is ready and willing. Jesus said, if you had the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would say, there it is again, you would say unto that mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and it will. you got the faith in you. You're born of the Spirit of God. Amen? Now you just got to renew your mind and develop that faith and stop looking at the problem. Right? And so he says, I've come because of your word. Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, See, this is the demonic being over that region. He's not talking about the natural prince, right? The man prince. He's talking about a demonic spirit. But the prince of the king of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. So there was a real battle going on. They called in Michael. It was all over when Michael came. All right? <laughs> Do you think they're still battling up there? Do you think the devil's still trying to blanket the United States with this big dark cloud of demonic spirits? You know he is. What's going to get them out of here? God feeling sorry for us? No. When you speak the word and you declare the word, our heavenly angels will move and kick them out. Because I'm telling you, they don't belong in the United States of America. This is God's country. And we got to do something fast because they're getting to the children of this country. They are really, really warping their minds. I know that's not a good confession, so we'll come against that. God's going to turn it all around. Amen? But come on. And that's why we, we never take any prayer for granted. Any prayer. When we pray, at least I do, I hope you do too, I, I believe... God hears us when we pray. And so when you, if you had a prayer request tonight, you are the caretaker of that request. doesn't mean you worry about it like that, but you have to keep speaking life over it. You have to keep speaking God's word over whatever you brought out. Right? Because I I, I'm not going to. I don't remember a lot of them, because, but you do. Amen? There was a woman one day, she came to Brother Hagen when he was ministering in churches, and she said, I want you to pray for my son. And then she, he was like 18 years old, and she just went and um, 
uh, just was telling Brother Hagen that he, he was drinking all the time. He'd never come home. I mean, she's really like giving the whole thing to him. And he said, well, I ain't going to pray for him. And she said, what? Why not? He said, well, you already cursed him with your words. It don't do me any good to pray for him. That's how powerful your words are. Amen? So I don't care what it looks like or what it seems like. You remember everything that we're going over here tonight. God's word is powerful. Amen? And you've got to get your mind and your eyes off of the problem, just like God told Joshua not to look at the Jordan River, did he not? In Joshua chapter 1, he said, Meditate on my scripture day and night, that you will do all that's in there. Amen? Then you'll make your way successful and prosperous. You say day and night? Yeah. It might make you a, a fanatic for Jesus, but go ahead. You should already be if you're not. He's worth it. Amen? So verse 13, But the prince of the king of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. I have been left alone there with the king of Persia. Look at verse 14. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. And you can read that later. That's when he gets this wonderful knowledge that we feed off of today. And so remember this. God is greater than the giants that you are fighting. In fact, I don't think that you should see these I don't think you should see them as giants. Because you're the giant. You're the giant. You got the Holy Spirit in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So flip your mind upside down. Because if you if you see that as a giant, you're gonna see that that problem so big and your God so small. You got to see your God so big inside of you and his word so powerful that that problem is just a little bitty thing to God. Right? God is greater than your sorrows that you are going through. He is greater than your accusers. Remember, Satan's the accuser of the brother. So if God's word's going to abide in you, don't get hooked up on no um, seek and destroy mission on anybody. Amen? You're search and rescue. That's who you are. The world likes to seek and destroy. It likes to pick people out and, and um, just put it to them. That's not to be you. Right? God is greater than the storms of life. Are you going through a storm of your life right now? Is it bigger than God? No. Just meditate on your God. Meditate on the Word. And, and, and you'll start to increase and grow in your understanding. And, and the power of God will just continue to develop in you. And, and you'll conquer everything in the name of Jesus. God is greater than any sickness that you're facing. He's greater than the enemies who come against you. Look at um, 2 Kings chapter 6. This will be my last scripture. This is Elisha. We're going to read about. Now, Elisha kept hearing from the Spirit of the Lord about the, the army of Syria. And, and so God, or the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, was giving Elisha information, and they were, they were eluding the enemy and defeating the enemy, and the king of Syria got tired of it. And he's like, we got a spy in our camp. And one of his aides said, no, we don't have a spy. It's not Elisha. The Lord tells him everything that, that, that's coming. And so... So one morning, Elisha's um, aide or servant gets up and he get, goes out of the tent because they were like in a little tent city. And he looks and all around was nothing but the enemy. And it was a horrible sight. And so we'll see how Elisha dealt with that in Elisha or Second uh, Kings 6, verse 16. Second Kings 6, verse 16. So, so this is Elisha talking to his servant. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
Now remember, he's looking around. The, the servant is only seeing natural people. Right? What, what's, what does Elisha have the ability to do? See into the spirit. Right? And so, you say, oh, don't worry. There's more of us. He's like, where are they? Right? In verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. They were angels. Amen. The whole mountain's filled with the angels of God, chariots of fire. And verse 18, so when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. According to the word of Elisha. Now, if you read that, Elisha took them all away and then basically let them go. Right? But see, when you are in the spiritual presence of God and you're tapped in like that and you have the anointing on you, you don't look at everything in the natural. You look at it in the spiritual. Amen? You see things in a totally different light. That's why your words are different. That's why you say things that are that, that a lot of times people who don't know the word of faith or don't know as much as you know, they won't understand it. You don't have to... Um, some people, you can just say, look, I'm just believing God and, and we're, we're, we're staying in faith. If, if they don't understand it, you don't have to explain it to them. But you don't have to talk out in unbelief when they try to invite you in there. Because you're going to have way more people in your life that want to talk about the problem to you. People like to throw pity parties all the time. I say it all the time. They throw them like Tupperware parties. They just get together and it's woe is me. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to, I don't want to be in that realm because that's deception. I can just see the devil and all of his demons and his little imps that are running around. I can see them just laughing and saying, oh, my goodness, I just, I just can't believe that they're that dumb to speak all that death. They're just giving us free reign. We're not going to speak death, are we? We're not going to speak doubt. We're not going to speak unbelief. It's, this is important. You want to see people get delivered? Start speaking the word over them. You want to see people get saved and God touch people's lives that you've been wanting for, wanting to for a long time? Read the Ephesians prayers over them. Ephesians chapter 1 has a good prayer and Ephesians chapter 3. You'll find it. Read those prayers and put that person's name in there. You'll keep the, the angels working overtime. They don't mind it because they don't get tired. And I'll close with this. And like I said, if you want to talk about not only changing your lives, but changing the course of, of helping us change the whole course of this church. Amen? How many plan, How much plans does the enemy have for us? A lot, probably. How many are going to succeed? None. Because we already declared that every trap they send for, send for us, they'll fall in it. We declare that the enemy will come at us one way and flee seven. We declare that, that a thousand will fall on our left and ten thousand will fall on our right, but it won't come nigh us. Only with our eyes we will see the reward of the wicked. We declare that we are like the tree planted by the water. Our God supplies our needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, we're not the shrub shriveling in the desert. We're the tree by the water. Amen? That's putting up a, a barrier in a force field. I remember, uh, I'll leave you with this. Um, growing up, um, there was a, a guy that lived down the road from us, and mom and dad were praying for this guy to be healed of alcoholism. He was, he was, he was um, an alcoholic a long time, and a hardcore one too. He just was always drunk. But they got hooked on the word of God, and they knew what God's word said. And they actually believed that you could stand in the gap for somebody. They actually believed that you could strong bears the infirmity of the weak. They actually believed that God was for that poor man. He wasn't against him. God loved him. But God needs somebody to pray and somebody to talk right. 
And somebody entered into that spiritual battle for people that can't do it for themselves. So they prayed that he'd be delivered. And one day, mom came out of the house and was getting in her car, and she looked down the road, and she saw him, this guy, in the middle of the road, drunk. And, and mom said, there goes so-and-so again. He's drunk again. Remember that, mom? And, and you know what? My mom has heard the, the, vo the voice of the Lord audibly three times in her life. This was one of them. You know what the Lord said? Call him delivered. Call him delivered. You don't call him a drunk. You don't speak the negative circumstances over him. So you want your children in and you want people in the kingdom of God, start calling them delivered. Amen. Sunday, we started a 21-day fast. And you can jump in anytime if you want. And just not a fast of, of no food, but it's a fast of giving things up so that we can spend more time in the presence of God. Because when you fast certain things, it quiets your flesh down and enables you to hear from God even better. Fasting doesn't change God. He's perfect, right? Some people say, well, I'll fast. Maybe I'll get God to do this or do that. Not be done everything he's going to do 2,000 years ago. Fasting enables you to be enhanced in your and heightened awareness in your spirit so you can finally hear what God's been saying to you. you Got to get the flesh out of the way. Got to get the flesh out. God's always been willing. He will always be. And like I said at the beginning of the service, those beautiful songs that Nona sang, we are children of God. We are loved. And every day, tomorrow is a brand new day. God's mercy is renewed to us every day. And tomorrow we can live for him and we can bear fruit for God. But every day that someone deliberately does not give God their life or does not trust God with their life and chooses the world, the Bible says if you love the world and the things of the world, the love of God is not in you. And they choose that pathway. This doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have something for them here. It means that, that they, another day was gone. They wasted another day that they could have glorified God. Amen? I don't want to waste any days. I want to glorify Him. And if I miss it, and if I stumble, and if I fall, and if I have a bad day, guess what? I'll run to the throne, not from Him. I'll get brushed off and, and, and healed up in my heart, healed up in my mind, and I'll get back out there. It's like a little baby when a little baby's learning to walk, and he, and he stumbles and falls down. What does a parent do? Get mad at him and Hit him with the belt? No, picks him up, gives him a hug, pats him on the diaper, says, let's go, do it again. That's how God sees us, right? We are the victors. We, we, are, we are so victorious. But you have to sort of blow that negativity out of your mind with the word of God. You do not fight those negative thoughts with thoughts. You fight it with the word. You say what God says. And then you'll start building your house on the rock. That's all. Would you rise, please?